Make sure you've subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts if you have an iOS device. And like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Today's show is brought to you by Supergrip ATV Tires. Supergrip ATV is taking the tire market by storm, providing the Supergrip ATV K9 tire. Hey, before I go like too far into the ad, uh, let me just say I saw retailers today getting some crazy sizes of shipments, um, shipments that are not completely sold out already. I know that there's a couple people in the Middle Tennessee area, uh, Alabama area, and Kentucky that now have tires. So. Go online, look for the Super Grip ATV K9 tire. A lot of you guys have been asking me when availability will come back around. It seems like we're getting there. We're not fully back in stock yet, but we're definitely getting there. The Super Grip ATV tire, I run the 30 inch Kevlar, has been my. I don't know how to say it. My t I mean, it's my tire of choice, but it's probably the tire I'm going to run forever because I've put it through some crazy tough situations where tires should have failed me. I've put it through sharp rocks, through mud holes, through long climbs, loose dirt, wet rock, a little bit of everything. As long as you're committed as the driver, the tire will perform for you. Eight ply sidewalls with a radial nylon belt option or Kevlar. Kevlar is a little bit more expensive. I recommend it. It's what I run. Um, but the one inch tread depth is the same on all the vehicles. I uh, highly recommend you guys give them a look. Supergrip ATV on Facebook and Instagram, supergripatv.com. The next sponsor on our list is DinoJet Research. DinoJet is the complimentary to my Supergrip ATV sponsorship because once you go to a bigger tire, once you start changing the rotational mass on your vehicle, you start bogging the machine down. There's a couple things that need to change. Uh, the point of engagement on your belt needs to change so that when you push the pedal, you actually get power right when you push the pedal. Clutches fix that, and also they supply you with a programmer. The DinoJet Power Visions 3 tuner is the tuner that I run on my car. A lot of different third parties launch their tunes on those vehicles. Um, I personally use the DinoJet tune for the stock exhaust, stock everything. Noticed a huge difference in power performance, but more than anything, uh, I noticed a difference in the shift points, and I really, really enjoy having the onboard screen right in front of my face. Seriously, it is absolutely awesome to be able to program and be able to see, you know, top speed that you've reached, uh, RPMs, gear, everything that you can that you can want to track on the vehicle. It is available for you on this screen. I thought about redoing my dash and taking away the generic Razor cluster uh, and just running off that DinoJet PowerVision 3 little handheld unit there. It's absolutely awesome. Not to mention that the Stage 2 kit that I bought actually did come with a clutch kit as well. Uh, and that clutch kit greatly, greatly made up for the deficit that those heavier 30-inch tall tires come with. So now with the Supergrip ATV K9 tires and the DynaJet Stage 2 power package, I confidently can go anywhere. Next on the list is Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has been with the show for as long as it's been alive. Infinite Off-Road offers all listeners of the show 10% off with code word ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S, at checkout to get your very special 25-year, no questions asked warranty that even covers accidental damage. Uh, it's really great. Seriously, it's it's really crazy. I've seen cars, you know, the, the light bars, light pods, light whips, wheel rings, uh, rock lights, all that stuff is not just UTV or off-road vehicle only specific. It is actually geared towards um, all vehicles, trucks included. I saw a picture the other day of a Jeep that had been in a wreck. And uh, Mike and his team over at Infinite Off-Road actually warrantied the bar that was that, that just got damaged in collateral damage on the road. That was warrantied. Uh, everything, including accidental damage, will get your warranty uh, or will be will fall under your warranty. Excuse me. Um, Infinite Off-Road has a quality product at an extremely reasonable price. I'm super glad to have those guys on board. So if you're looking for rock lights, light bars, light pods, or whips, InfiniteOffRoad.com. Code word rocks R O C K S at checkout. Last but not least, all I'm sorry, not last but not least, all things UTV has been with the show for almost as long as Infinite Off Road, but all things UTV pretty much covers a lot of the deficit. 
whether it's seats, whether it's tender spring upgrades, inner fender liners that replace your crappy rubber guards, man, I, I really just cannot begin to tell you the horror stories that you see on social media about sticks and debris coming through the floorboard. I personally have a, a quarter inch, uh, I'm sorry, a three eighths inch skid plate on my car right now. So the whole belly is protected, but all things UTV makes inner fender liners, which are basically just a metal sheet that covers the part where it's right in front of your feet and the, and the actual foot, foot floorboard right in front of your feet. And what it does is it creates a durable area where steel uh, is gonna protect the rider of your vehicle and it's gonna protect you as well. That recently, they just came out with the Kawasaki KRX and the Razor Pro XP uh, inner fender liners as well as uh, tender springs for both of those machines. So I highly recommend you guys give them a shout. All things UTV on Facebook and Instagram, allthingsutv.com. Last but not least, here we go. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Yes, Diddy's Big Block. I wanna highlight their suspension services. They do shock tuning, not only on full-size buggies, Jeeps, trucks, all that kind of thing, but also they're starting to do UTVs. That's why I wanted to partner with them because I know they're local. They're, they're, they're a couple hours away from me, but they're more local than anybody else. Um, he does excellent, excellent work. His name is Chris, uh, the gentleman that owns Diddy's Big Blog. He does excellent work with the big buggies. He's just breaking into the UTV scene. His prices are very, very reasonable, especially compared to some of the other dealers. Uh, and, and what's going to happen is he's going to blow up. So I got Chris in. Uh, he's a sponsor of the show, and he does amazing things with shocks. From my own perspective, uh, he went out and trained out with Shock Jesus out in Col or, uh, Arizona, Montana. It's one of those. And uh, he's he's been trained by the best. So uh, Chris at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop offers his suspension services, including shock tuning with on-site sessions available, shock revalving, where you send in your shocks and they valve to your application and specifications, shock rebuilding and full repair, shock packages right out of the gate, and coilover springs. So pretty much everything you need done can be done in-house at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us and let's talk about racing on the rocks. What's up, everybody? Uh, today is going to be a little bit of a unique episode. Uh, today is July 5th, so I hope everyone chance to get out, go ride, and over the holiday weekend. Um, but this week we had something really interesting. Um, we had the new X3 get released. And uh, one thing about the new X3 is the Smart Shocks system. Uh, I personally wasn't the biggest fan of the Smart Shock system and, and the dynamics. Um, now, I will say that I personally have never been in a car speed with the dynamic system uh, or a smart shock system because those just came out. But um, I have ridden with guys who had the dynamic system and uh, I saw how they used it in the terrains that we drive in. So I was going to talk a little bit today about uh, the smart shock, the dynamic system, uh, break those down, how they're usable in different terrains, because a lot of times these cars uh, a lot of the promos you see from Can-Am, especially, and Polaris is they're always out in the desert um, trying to use their smart shock system to uh, be better at taking whoops or be better at going fast in the desert. So uh, I kind of wanted to clear the air because a lot of guys in the East Coast have the feeling that this was kind of a flop release from Can-Am. Uh, I know a lot of guys were expecting um, better visibility, possibly more horsepower, don't know why Can-Am would ever need more horsepower, uh, but you know they were kind of expecting something else. But uh, when Can-Am dropped that teaser video, I think it was very clear that they were trying to emphasize some stylistic changes with colors and things like that. But uh, on top of that, they were also um, highlighting the button switch. So it was very evident that it was going to be a smart come uh, out from Can-Am. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to I'm going to get one of my tabs going here and um, 
make sure everybody can see this. Okay. So what I did was on the uh, Can-Am website and I just looked up the, the new smart shocks because uh, essentially that's the difference between the 2020 car and the 2021. Um, something that's really interesting is that companies can market themselves as industry leaders or the first person to do it or, you know, groundbreaking technology just because they want to. I know that the first thing that you see here on the Can-Am website is moving the goalposts and in the industry semi-active suspension technology responding with compression and rebound. Um, I'm not 100% sure if the system handles compression and rebound. Possibly that they're the industry first here. Um, but I can tell that from my understanding, uh, they're pretty close to the same. Uh, I went through and I watched all of the Can-Am stuff. I watched all the dynamic stuff. Um, there's not a lot of information out about the Can-Am. You know, Can-Am hasn't done their kind of like release party yet where they invite people to come and have the breakdown with the engineers and talk to people like that. So I'm expecting that we'll see those, you know, salesperson to, you know, uh, Mad Ram and, and the guys who, who, who kind of leak information out slowly but surely. I would assume that we would see that from Canon weeks to get a bit more information on about what makes smart shock system so much better uh, than the dynamics, for example. Now, um, obviously, the, we got new paint colors, things like that. They're great. Um, it didn't really, uh, didn't. I'm not a crazy huge fan. It's, it didn't blow me away with the new Canon colors. I personally really like the black orange ones. Uh, I on Facebook and Instagram. I actually posted the. Uh, it is a regular, looks like a 1000 or maybe a, a turbo, an XP model. And someone had done the color scheme of the Can-Am X3RR that's black and orange, and it looks awesome. It's probably one of the best looking uh, color schemes that has ever been done on a side-by-side. -side. Uh, but jump over to the player site here in a few minutes, and we'll talk about, in my opinion, the best color schemes that's been done. So I kind of just wanted to sift through this. It says, you know, uh, the big focus on the smart shock system is essentially the fact that it's smart. Um, they're using phrases, you know, like all brain, all brawn, all day. Um, they talk about people running, you know, nothing unexpected. The system is doing hundred calculations a second uh, to determine whether or not what to do uh, and rock solidity. Now, one thing that I found very interesting as I was digging up information about this was can I really in Polaris market it this way as well. The systems are designed to correct what the driver is doing. So if you oversteer, if you slide into a corner too much, and if you've ever tried to do a donut or if you've tried to really take hard, uh, there's always that potential that you can go up and kind of ride the side second. And uh, these suspension systems are supposed to be so smart that they prevent the actual body roll in the car or they allow body roll on one corner where they lock down the other three corners. Um, I'm interested. I would like to get in one of these cars, but you know, we'll see what happens in the future here. Uh, one thing that's worth mentioning at this point is I have a scheduled date to pull it, uh, in the works uh, and with a couple weeks or so. I've actually been talking to Canon as well. Uh, I'm hopeful that Canon and I can get a date scheduled here in the next couple weeks. Uh, so we'll have a chance to hear from uh, both factory drivers, or I'm sorry, not factory drivers, but spokespeople uh, from the factory industry level. Uh, I think it'll be very interesting to hear what both of them have to say. Um, I, I put a post out asking what people would want to ask Polaris represent. They had someone a lot of really cool stuff. If you guys have anything uh, that you specifically would want to know from Polaris, I'm going to have them online. I'm going to have them on the horn. Uh, and that one's for sure right now. So uh, I will also say the same thing for Can-Am. I've reached out. Um, everything's going good. Scheduling takes a while, especially with the bigger companies. I would assume that people have to double check that, you know, what can I say? What can I do? Can I go on here? Uh, and, you know, what do you want me to say when I'm on here? So there's a little bit of back and forth and scheduling and things like that. So I would assume that I'm going to get Can-Am as well, uh, just as well as the process is going. So if you have anything that you'd like to have answered from either one of those companies, um, a message, let me know. Uh, I've also planned on reaching, reaching out to the Nicola company of UTVs. 
Uh, I know Heavy D from uh, the Diesel Brothers. They've been their new truck that Nikola just came out with. It's kind of a, it's an all electric, you know, kind of the the, the twin sister of uh, Tesla. So interesting stuff there. They've got a UTV, some crazy amount of money. It's like $80,000 for their top of the line one. But we can go into that in a second because uh, it is pretty cool. I've thought about reaching out to those guys and also reaching out to Kawasaki because uh, I'll talk about Kawasaki in a little bit too. So uh, obviously it's kind of the same thing as the dynamic system. It's got a comfort mode. Um, uh, let's see. Plus priority on controlling the vehicle's body for flatter cornering, allowing the suspension to move as freely as possible. Got a sport mode. Uh, this mode puts an emphasis on straight line handling and comfort while minimizing corner roll and body movement. Uh, it says the perfect setting for most driving situations, terrains, and riding styles. Personally, I would probably run it in comfort in the southeast all the time. Um, I did go out with David Uptain from Razor Life and Ricky B from RCV this weekend. Um, I got to see Storm and Norman, and if y'all haven't seen that, uh, let me see if I can get a picture of that, that thing pulled up here, Storm and Norman Razor. Uh, it was pretty amazing. It, it, it's really a, it's it's really an amazing machine. Um, I believe it's on uh, four-inch portals. Here's just the best. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll find one shortly. Um but it's on uh, four-inch portals, 37-inch tall tires, and it's absolute beast. But um, more than anything, it's, uh, I don't know, it's a really good indication of the different platforms that you can do. And, and, and David actually spent most of the ride in comfort uh, going through some really heavy, really tall rock crawling. Um, but one thing I noticed is he, he put it into uh, firm mode to get over a big ledge where he was, you know, hitting, he was basically, here's the ledge. He was getting hung on his belly like that right there. And, um, he, I watched him flip it to comfort and he came back, nothing had adjusted, but when he hit it again and the suspension compressed down, when it unloaded the suspension again, uh, it unloaded it about four or five inches further. So he had essentially raised his, uh, his, the the actual height on the car substantially i don't have an exact measurement but um it was enough to go from not being able to get over the obstacle to getting over the obstacle uh fairly easy so there is a big difference um, a lot of people have asked me is there a difference between comfort you know like does it actually make a difference because most of us are used to the stupid clickers on all of our shocks and they don't really do much uh, i even talked to uh, Hubert Roland, who has been sponsored by both Polaris and Can-Am. And, you know, he basically told me that it's, it's for chattery stuff at best. Um, so those small rocks, um, you know, it just, he said, it's not much of an adjustment. It's not even really worth messing with, which, you know, all in all, that's probably true. Um, I took, I took all the way soft, uh, and then ran some whoops at his house on one of his courses he has, and then, uh, all the way hard. And I could tell a little bit of a difference, but definitely not a lot. Um, so, you know, one thing to note is if you do get the dynamic suspension, there is a very big change between comfort and sport. Uh, now you have sport plus mode. That's the highest performance suspension setting ever. It prioritizes full shock stiffness for sharpest handling, most aggressive bumps and whoops control, a true race inspired feel. Um, I'll say this, if you've never been in a race car, they're brutally stiff. Uh, and they do that because, you know, you kind of just want to like hop across the stuff. You don't have to um, actually drop down into the rocks. You don't want to have to drop down and, and feel every single crevice and drop and rock and things like that. If you can kind of skirt across the top, that's where you're really going to have your best success. So that's why, uh, if, let's see if I can get myself back here. Uh, that sport plus mode is going to be the most firm setting. And they use that for the race setting because, uh, it's just going to lock you out and it's going to you from having any situation where if you bottom completely out, um, you know, you're not going to do that. Cause if you hit something at speed, obviously you're going to have more impact to the suspension. So it's, it's stiffer means faster. Uh, there's a lot of guys and David is a good example of this. He had his car sprung by shock therapy and they sprung it for, I think he said King of Hammers style. Uh, and he said for the riding out East coast, it was just far too stiff. So, 
Uh, he's planning on respringing it. He said he thinks the valves are good, but springs are just um, the next thing is kind of pretty much it to be honest with you. One thing I did bring up is uh, price of this car. It's pretty. It's pretty big. Uh, one of the main things that I'm going to be talking to Polaris and Can Am about is at what point get too expensive. So here we have a Maverick X3 XRS Turbo R package shown, starting at eighteen nine nine. Um, I don't. I don't know what comes with this car. In fact, we'll we'll go through it um, because I would like to know. So. Let's see here if we got all these. Okay. Maverick DS uh, 64 inch width, and that's pretty much it's 120 horsepower. So you go to the Maverick DS Turbo R. So the R is what's going to make it the higher horsepower, and the RR is the even higher horsepower. So there's your differentiating factor. And then you have the Maverick X3 RS, and the RS is just going to the 72 inch. And the DS is the 64 inch. Um, and then there's different options here. So here's the thing though, is, you know, going from the DS Turbo R, which is just, it has a turbo, the 102 uh, horsepower, and then jumping up to the Turbo RR, where you gain another 23 horsepower. It's guys, it's been a long day. You gain, you gain substantial horsepower there. Um, and the smart lock feature, which is in its own worth all the money, but there's a six, you know, four, five thousand dollar increase, uh, about four thousand dollar increase right there. Um, that's substantial. that's a substantial increase, and especially when that base model turbo starts at the base model 72 inch turbo is 22, and the base model uh, 64 inch is 19. So, or excuse me, it would be 19 and 23 if I'm going to round up. But you get into the uh, the top of the line, you know, the, the RS Turbo RR, the two inch top of the line car um, is 27,599. So you're 28 grand to get the turbo version, the, the, what used to be the best car. Now with the Smart Shocks, it starts at 29,299 to so 30 to get the turbo RR with the Smart Shock system. Um, now there is different options you can do here. Uh, let's see here. I want to make sure I'm all in the right place here. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it starts at 30 grand, which is, which is a pretty hefty price to pay. So, um, what I'm going to do now, I'm actually going to close this window out. Uh, we're going to jump over to, Paris and we're going to talk about Polaris for a second because, um, it's very similar. It's a very similar story. Um, if you see here, we have the dynamics, the same amount of, uh, Reevaluations or adjustments on the valving every two uh, 200 times every second. So same thing as KM. Uh, you know, Polaris talks a lot about usable wheel travel. Uh, and it's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know all those really or what all those mean. But um, again, you have a comfort, you have a sport, and you have a firm. The same setup. Um, I, it, to me, sport, firm, all that stuff kind of just means the same thing. Um, but one thing I did notice again is the real use for this and the East coast terrains where we don't really get the chance to open up and, and go wide open is ground clearance. Um, a lot of guys will ride on comfort and it's definitely, I mean, it is awesome. It's like riding on a cloud. I've been in the car when it's on comfort and it feels great, but if you're really getting hung up on like a ledge or a rock section or something like that, Flipping it over to firm really makes a huge difference. I mean, multiple inches of, of travel is gained by switching over to firm. Uh, it, it's to me, that's the only use for the dynamic system East Coast. Uh, I would personally, and I'm going to say this to both Can Am and, and Razor when we get on the line, um, you've got to start marketing to the East Coast better. Because if you look, every single one of these pictures, we got, you know, West Coast, you know, mid middle of the country, West Coast. You got desert here, got more desert. Um, none of these are ever East Coast, uh, you know, cruising through a creek. They're never East Coast trails. They're never hill killing. They're never 
you know, doing the things that we do on this side of the country. And it's not just the Southeast, it's the Northeast. It's uh, a lot of trail riding everywhere. You know, these cars are built for high speed desert sections. Now you're sitting yourself and going, well, what about the rock and trail edition? So let's pull that up because I, I always, I always, uh, I like talking about this one because I think they had an awesome idea and I think that they just kind of goof just slightly. So they offer a Razor XP 1000 uh, Trail and Rocks Edition. Um, it comes fully decked out in this awesome uh, beige color. It comes factory with uh, Pro Armor tires and bead locks. Um, the specs of this, though, that make this really, really neat here is uh, all of this information down here. Now, that information down there is uh, Trail and Rock features a 55% lower low gear low speed throttle mapping, which can be changed with a programmer from like Dynajet uh, research. They can get you a programmer to re uh, change that throttle mapping. So that's not that big of a deal. Three, 400 bucks. You're, you're good. Um, whoops. Close out the wrong window here. Uh, so that's not the biggest thing in the world. A lot of the technology side of this is not the biggest thing in the world. Um, but things that can't be, you know, there's an extreme performance all wheel drive. If I remember correctly, the high lifter for a few years had a front diff that was geared slightly different than the rear end. So the front end would actually spin faster than the rear end. I believe, and if I'm incorrect, don't hold me to it. I'm not 100%, so I'm being ignorant here. Um, I'm pretty sure that the rock and trail has the same thing, and perhaps that's the extreme performance all-wheel drive. Um, where that front end actually pulls, it, it spins a couple more times, it spins just slightly faster than the rear end's front is technically always pulling you just as much, or if not a little bit more, um, than, your, than the back end is pushing you. Uh, one thing that's really cool is if you ever have like an RC car, uh, pull the front drive shaft or pull the rear drive shaft and leave the other one in, and you'll see just how useless a car is when you don't have true full drive. And, um, it's pretty, pretty funny because a lot of the times getting over an obstacle or trying to determine how to get over an obstacle is at what point do, does my rig go from having the rear tires push, you know, pushing the car up the obstacle to when is the front, one of the front tires pulling the car over the obstacle. It's something to think about if you're, if you're new to driving and things like that, it's a really good mindset to have because, you know, once you increase the incline, once you do those things, um, the car is doing something different. So it's good to keep that in mind because it'll also keep your parts together. Uh, if your front's pulling, don't, don't beat on it too bad because uh, that front end's a lot weaker than the rear end. But anyways, the high, the uh, trails and rock edition, they missed it just a little bit because this low gear is just slightly too low. Um, I've been in one and it's, and it's like, you really got to stay in the gas to keep the momentum going. As soon as you let off the gas and low, it's like, uh, you know, that, that, you know, if you're going downhill and you're riding your engine brake and then you come to a flat area and it kind of like really kicks you forward as you're coming in, kind of slows you down a whole lot more. Um, it's like that in low, especially if you're not keeping your foot in the throttle, uh, you'll really have like one of these situations where you're just going back and forth all day long. Um, so it's, I don't know. I think it's a great car. I think it's cool. I wish they would do more with this. Um, probably the first question I'm going to ask Polaris when I get him on the line is, uh, why and use the 1000 XP transmission? Um, why keep reverse chains there? Why not build out of the fact, uh, the 1000 motor with a turbo transmission and, you know, turbo clutches and drive shafts. Why would you not do the, you know, Razor XP 1000 S and have all of the, the benefit of the turbo stuff just without the turbo. I mean, what that does is it essentially builds the perfect car. You don't have an, you, you have a little bit less power than the turbo. Um, I know personally, just in my riding style, I don't ever reach. I had a turbo, uh, I've had multiple turbos in fact, and I just never really got to that point where the turbo made the difference between one or the other, but I would always choose to buy a turbo just for the beefed up uh, drivetrain components. And, you know, I, I got a, an XP 1000 thinking to myself, it'd probably be good enough. Run a 1000 in my uh, rock bouncer for a while, ended up breaking the prop shaft and all kinds of other stuff. So maybe I just got a good deal on a 1000 and, and it's kind of biting me in the ass now because uh, 
I definitely should have waited and got a turbo and not have the headaches of possible transmission work that I have to do now because they're junk. Um, the 1000 transmissions are junk and you're going to break them. But that's not the point of this this uh, this episode. This episode was talked about uh, the dynamic system and all that fun stuff. So again, I went through, uh, looked at all the dynamic stuff. It looks like Can-Am is, is marketing it slightly different in terms of uh, they're, they're calling it... Um, I don't remember. I mean, I'm, I'm the page is loading while we're sitting here. Uh, they're calling it something different, where the uh, where Polaris has all three options. They have the smart system that reevaluates 200 times every second. Um, but one thing that that Polaris has that Can-Am does not is uh, the handy dandy. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, it's the button. I would like to find a picture of the button. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if I'll be able to find it here while I'm talking. Um, but the button makes a really big difference. Uh, and, and one really cool thing is, uh, let's see if I can find you a picture. One really great thing is the ride command in the dynamics vehicles. It actually uh, shows everything on screen for you in terms of what the screen is actually doing here. Uh, here you go. Here's a great example. Make sure that I'm still sharing the screen. Um, Let's see here if I can change this screen around here and get you guys the right one. Uh, the really cool thing about this uh, Dynamics Driving Airborne. Okay, all right. There we go. Okay, so on the actual ride command, it shows you what's going on with the shocks, shows you the amount of brake and all those other really cool things. Uh, so in the example here, the picture, it's actually showing that the car is airborne. And uh, what it's doing is it has completely locked all the shocks back out. And you know that when you land, you're going to land on the firmest setting of all the shocks. Um, I actually really like this. I think that this is cool. Uh, as a technology guy, I would be playing with this kind of thing and, you know, going through different terrains and watching what my shocks are doing. Uh, and, and I don't know, just it's, it's interesting. More information can may help you learn something down the road or may help you learn how to drive a car a little different. So I'm a big fan of that system uh, right there. Uh, but back to the, uh, the Polaris website here. Um, one thing that I think is is really uh, to, to, come on, players, where you at? Uh, one thing that I think is really worth mentioning is um, the 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 stop button here. And I'm trying to find you a good picture of it. But essentially, if you find yourself in a situation where uh, you're coming up and there's an unexpected whoop or something like that, uh, you can essentially lock out the suspension to completely firm. Here it is. Uh, you can lock it out to completely firm all in one get with that red button right there. Uh, and essentially, again, you, you are racing or you're trail riding, you're going fast and one second you're fine. And the next second you've got a big washout or a big drop or something unexpected. You press that button and the entire suspension goes full stiff for one second. Uh, it's basically like a, it's like an oh shit button. You know, uh, I know a lot of times you just kind of hit it and you take it on the chin and it kind of is what it is. But I don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I think it's a cool thing. It's a nice little addition. Uh, but one thing that Polaris really seems to have it right with is the Turbo S. Um, well, before we talk about Turbo S, I got a lot of hate for liking these, this uh, this color scheme right here. I think it's awesome. I think that color scheme is cool. Uh, I'm not a crazy big fan of that yellow roll cage. I think it's kind of like mustard yellow and doesn't exactly match. So you know, kind of is what it is, but I really like it. It looks like a Dorito car. Um, Dorito needs to partner with Polaris and start sticking little, you know, uh, spicy nacho signs all over the doors and stuff. I think it'd be funny. Um, however, the Turbo S. The Turbo S is quite possibly where Polaris nailed it. And I really think that this is going to be the year uh, where we see the Pro XPS or Pro XPR, um, whatever you want to call it, and you'll get a good chance to have the Pro XP that everyone thought should have come out last year. Um, I've ridden in the Pro XP. I think it's a great car. It's very comfortable. Um, and again, seeing one this weekend, very comfortable. I think that they made some interesting choices on doors and uh, like the side shark fin that's kind of on the back behind the, the B pillar doors or the C pillar in that case, uh, if it's a four seater. Um, 
it's cool. It's a cool car. The inside is awesome. But I think once you push that car to 72 inches and you get the performance of the Turbo S, um, I really think that some of the momentum that Can-Am has will swing back to play uh, to Razor. Now, everyone is kind of going through this right now. I just got off the phone yesterday with uh, Super Grip ATV and I was talking to them and they're just so sold out of tires and so sold out of everything that they've got because of the coronavirus and um, causing all the, the delays in product. Essentially, no one can get any product, and it's, it rings true for Polaris right now. I know a lot of guys and girls who are trying to get machines, and it's just not working out because there's not machines. You know, There was a period where machines couldn't have made. Uh, so we're in a weird spot where people are traveling really far. Used machines are crazy expensive. I mean, I saw a four-seat turbo vest for almost 40 grand, and someone bought it. It was just, you know, people are buying what they can buy right now, and it's just kind of is what it is. But I really hope that Polaris has kind of taken this time to reevaluate. Uh, I know I have some inside knowledge that there's kind of a shift happening at Polaris. There's a redirect in marketing. There's a redirect in the focus. Because uh, I, I think that when the Pro XP flopped like it did, I mean, no one, no one at Polaris uh, expected it to fall flat like it did because it, it fell really flat, fell on deaf ears. And uh, the Turbo S, like the the actual release of that car was not this crazy monumental thing. The Turbo S was publicized by people going out and buying them and being like, hey, hey everybody, listen. These are the best cars they've ever made. The Turbo S got its, you know, fame and fortune from people buying it and being like, holy crap, Polaris, you nailed it. You guys got it right here. And Polaris, you know, is just now kind of hitting that, oh man, well, like this car is awesome. And they're really making a strong push for the Turbo S. Um, I think they learned the lesson from the Turbo S. And I think that they have also learned a lesson Pro XP. And I think that we're going to see, uh, I think we're going to see something really cool this year. Uh, I know that the 2021 models for the 1000 XP have been released. Um, let's see if I can find you one here. Extreme performance. It's kind of interesting. Uh, they've got the new colors up 2021. Um, I'm not sure if they're not being shown here. I don't want your feedback, please. Don't bother me. Um, so the new colors are out for that car, but uh else has been released yet uh, i know we're all kind of waiting on the edge of our seats i think the expectation is that next month they should actually release all the information on that car uh, and as you know if you were following the page last year uh, we got in all kinds of potential legal threats from polaris and, and legal battles with people because we had images of the pro xp uh, two weeks before it came out and uh, we put them up and we did not take those images. I need to explicitly say that I did not take those pictures. Uh, those pictures were sent to us, uh, and we posted them, and we got letters from Polaris and uh, everyone else there. So the, what I can tell you is that it seems that Polaris will always, and I'm saying this with, with a with a you know tinfoil hat on just a little bit, but with some degree of talking to people, they'll leak stuff on purpose, and they'll do it what kind of the general feel is and they'll just throw stuff out there and they'll use random people just happen to throw something up and uh, see what the response is and I know that uh, when we put the pictures up we got into a discussion with some of the guys from Polaris and um, they were they were really upset when the when the full pictures came out uh, because well before the actual release I mean there were pictures of the body pictures of the you know and carnivores and, and the entire re, re, redoing of everything. But if you remember correctly, I don't I don't think I could find it. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Leaked Pro XP pictures. There were about six months before the Pro XP um, actually came to fruition. And it was this blue, like, up on tires, razor, but it had a new grill. It had... Um, a whole different stuff and it looked like a mis mishmash of parts and uh everyone was telling you no it's not it you know 
it's it is it but really what it was is it was just they were trying different things here and there um and kind of piecing them together now i think we've oh there it is perfect i can get you guys the same thing i'm seeing here i'm gonna share my screen i'm just my entire screen so we can stop messing with this all right so it was this picture right here where you you know this was the first time that we had seen um new fascia that they had or i don't remember the exact phrasing they used for it i'm actually going to change this here because i go back to make sure you guys can see everything all right um but that was also where we saw the new stock tires that were coming on the turbo s car we saw um new cage designs new seats obviously the new suspension for the turbo s was seen there um and none of us knew what it was uh but this was a this was this was a long time ago but this is kind of the, the things that, that seem like Polaris leaks out on purpose uh, to get a feel. And, and I know uh, a feel for how things are going to be kind of taken in by everybody. Um, I think that the response to this particular picture was very positive. Um, you know, and then you had the old RS1 pictures that you see here that were like crazy, you know, kind of broke the Internet type stuff. Because uh, the RS1 was, you know, a, kind of a, a rumored vehicle for a really long time. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's it's cool. The, the and stuff are cool, but I, you know, kind of got in that they leak stuff on purpose, and uh, I had never really thought much about it other than that. Uh, there's a great picture of one. You know, once it kind of all came to fruition, it was just very, I don't know, it's very interesting to see how companies choose to do marketing. And I can tell you right now that uh, Polaris themselves are going to be doing some very different things. And I, I would imagine that they're going to push this 72 inch Pro XB that we're all fantasizing about or potentially a new engine. Um, there's so much here. There's so much here that people have been waiting on. Uh, and I really think this is either going to be the year that Polaris like you know, levels the playing field or even surpasses Can-Am because they really are very close, but it feels like the momentum is with Can-Am because Can-Am has had multiple back-to-back -back punches that have been releases that are excellent. Um, and Polaris has had uh, the Turbo S, which kind of fell flat. They didn't really push it, in my opinion. I didn't see much from Polaris about that car. And then you had the Pro XP, which, uh, in my opinion, flopped pretty bad. Um, one thing I think was cool uh, that that Can uh, Am released this week is 2021 Can Am Defender, a little six by six. How cool is that? Um, I know a lot of these exist out there right now, but I'm thinking about what if you showed up, you know, with a six by six UTV uh, that was an X3. You know, what if they made a six by six four seat Razor, something like that? Um, it would be a very interesting thing. I know that there's Super ATV, I think, built one that has like a recovery vehicle. But if you built a performance 6x6, six six, um, it would kind of change the way that 6x6s six are viewed. It would change how, you know, kind of things are looked at in general. I think it'd be really neat. Um, and I think that you could do a really cool, like, party bus uh, type feel with a 6x6 six six high-performance vehicle. So all that being said, uh, I think that we're in a really – a really unique time to be a UTV. I think we're in a really unique time to uh, be in the sport because Corona hits and, and you have these different things that people are interested in looking at. And uh, it's, they're really new things. New things are coming. I have a feeling that it's going to be a very, very interesting release. And even if you come in here and you type in Polaris Razor 21, um, you know, well, you see that, which is a great car, but, um, you know, you have these leaked images of stuff coming through and, you know, I don't know how many people remember this one, but this was from 2018, 2017. And very clearly here we see the pro XP. I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. That's night and day. That's the pro XP that they were testing years ago. So, are we in for this? Are we in for the, the side engine, the new style of design here? Uh, I think so. I mean, i tell you what, I've gotten a lot of messages from people telling me, people who are in the know at Polaris telling me, no, that's not going to happen. No, no, no. You know, you know, why would you take a, a, a picture from 2015 and, and break it down like that? And it's like, 
Well, you were telling me the same thing about, you know, this picture. You were telling me the same thing about that picture. And you were telling me that those are, you know, that's nothing. It was a demo vehicle from five years ago. Well, guess what? That's the new vehicle that came out, you know, last year. Uh, so that picture right here, I would be very surprised if we don't see that in production. So it's it's a very, and for those listening just to the audio version, uh, you know, it's the I was comparing the old gray and silver pictures of the Pro XP that are from 2017, 2018 to the uh, the picture of the, the Razor under the tarp uh, that has the side-mounted engine, it looks like, and the side-mounted uh, transmission. Um, no, man, it's got Turbo S, uh, Turbo S trailing arms and Pro XP length um, sway bars, uh, sway bar links and all kinds of stuff. It's very interesting, and you got a very different setup on the front as well. It's just there's so much that, that can come from this, and, and I really think that people kind of get duped when people come in and say, that's, you know, oh, it's nothing. Someone from Polaris comes back and is like, oh, that's from 2015. Like, why would you trust that? Like, I've had people tell me that. They're like, yeah, these pictures are from like 2016. You think they're really going to have this information and just sit on it? If, if somebody tells me that, nine times out of ten, I'm probably thinking, wow, this is, this is some validity. Why did you feel the need to come out and tell me this is stupid? When you know that, you know, the podcast is a platform for information to go out. So obviously you're going to try and stifle the information. I'm, I got my tinfoil hat on a little bit here, folks, but, uh, you know, they're going to try and stop the news from getting out. And obviously even this picture from, you know, 2018, 2017 at the Pro XP, it's real now. So I would be surprised if that's, if it's not this year, it's got to be next. And, and let's talk about that. If Polaris doesn't push out this car, uh, there we go. If Polaris doesn't push out the new enhanced car this year or next year, I might say that they're never going to. I mean, unless Canon really makes a decision that's poor, uh, I would imagine that they just wouldn't be able to recover from that. So very interesting, interesting thing. Um, you know, it's kind of all up for discussion and grabs and, and, and just what happens next. We're not really sure. Uh, again, man. Just look at that car. That is a beautiful car. Uh, also, I, I don't know if anyone has kept up with the Pro XP Tender Spring. They've been having. Looks like the new springs they're sending out are not even giving them the clearance that they're supposed to. It looks like it gave them half inch to an inch better because you know the Tender Springs on all the vehicles are like completely collapsed. But uh, Pro XP is supposed to not be that way. They've warranted them and sent out new springs, and it's just not. You know, they're just, they're junk again. So what are you going to do? But all that said and done, um, well done, Can-Am. Uh, you have a great piece of technology in the car now. We're super excited to see what you guys come up with next. Polaris, you've got till next month. And it's, I hope and I'm praying that you guys have something crazy up your sleeve. And I can't wait to see you guys from Can-Am and Polaris. If you guys have anything you want me to ask them, uh, make sure you go to our Facebook page or our Instagram and you're following us there and uh, let me know right on the page's wall. Send us a message. Uh, send us a message on Instagram or whatever. Um, we've got a couple of really great interviews coming up with the manufacturer. So I'm really hopeful uh, that everybody gets that. You know, everybody can get a, a question answered. Other than that, uh, it's business as usual. I hope everyone has had a really, really good. Um, it's been really great. I'm exhausted. It's four o'clock right now, my time. I got up like six hours ago, just barely alive. And uh, glad to be here. I'm this weekend in a great place called Iron Gap. Uh, uh, David Uptain, Razor Life, put a video up on, on YouTube. Uh, and he he basically showed everything we did. It was amazing crawling if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, kind of funny how you have to get there. It's a really long drive on pavement to get there. But uh, see if I can show you guys some of the pictures of, of those obstacles. Uh, I'm sure you've seen them on. Uh, I'm sure you've seen them on um, social media and things like that. But it's a really great place to go ride. I really can't wait to go back. If you see, it's a lot of just um, really rough, rocky stuff. I'd love back in the fall um, when it's all um, you know kind of clear and you can see and you got pretty stuff like that. So. Uh, I'd love to go back, but 
I'll tell you this, man. Um, we went riding with a couple guys, a couple sets of tires that were really good. Super grip performed really well. Broke a couple axles, I think. Uh, I know one broke for sure. Um, but that video, I'll actually, in this episode of the podcast, I'll put a link to the video on uh, our Facebook page. If you can go to the sections where you can watch me uh, rock crawl, uh, I'm having a noise come from my car. And if you can diagnose the noise or show me, you know, the, oh, that this is the problem or, or, or give me suggestions on how to fix it, I personally think it's my transmission. You'll hear it when I'm going from reverse to low and back and forth a little bit. It's not the initial pinion grabbing, you know, in the transmission sound, but it's a really high pitched squeal that happens uh, right as I'm taking off after going a different direction. Uh, if you can diagnose that for me, uh, like I said, that video is on YouTube. I'll post the link up here shortly. If you can diagnose the sound for me, uh, I'll send you a hundred dollar card. If you get it right, if you diagnose it, you get it right. You say, Hey, I've done this before. I'll send you a gift card for saving me the trouble. And if it's not my transmission and I don't have to replace the transmission, it, you know, sounds happy meal too. So I really appreciate some help diagnosing before I go pull the transmission and get up in there and try and figure it out for myself. Um, that video is uh, real cool. Ricky's a great guy. David's a good guy. Uh, they're they're a blast to hang out with. David is a guy who's full of character and is completely and wholly himself and uh, is unapologetic for being himself. So I, I, I like people like that. And uh, Ricky's so nice. He give you the shirt off his back and uh, really speaks to the companies that they represent. So uh, great people to be around. Happy to always be around those guys and go riding with them. They love to ride. So Without that, um, make sure you guys are following Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of fun stuff. If you're liking, if you're watching the YouTube videos, follow us there. Uh, always a good time. And if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It very much helps us. Uh, and uh, who should we have on next? I've got a couple of guys in the works. I'm talking to uh, Mitch Sr. from the Razor team, uh, Razor factory drivers, talking to Phil Blurton. Obviously, we have the manufacturers coming up. So, uh, there's anybody that you are dying to hear from, let us know. Without that, we're going to let everyone go. And I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend, have had a great weekend. Stay safe and enjoy yourself. Bye, everybody. Make sure you've subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts if you have an iOS device and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Today's show is brought to you by Supergrip ATV Tires. Supergrip ATV is taking the tire market by storm, providing the Supergrip ATV K9 tire. Hey, before I go like too far into the ad, uh, let me just say I saw retailers today getting some crazy sizes of shipments, um, shipments that are not completely sold out already. I know that there's a couple people in the Middle Tennessee area, uh, Alabama area, and Kentucky that now have tires. So... Go online, look for the Super Grip ATV K9 tire. A lot of you guys have been asking me when availability will come back around. It seems like we're getting there. We're not fully back in stock yet, but we're definitely getting there. The Super Grip ATV tire, I run the 30 inch Kevlar, has been my. I don't know how to say it. My t I mean, it's my tire of choice, but it's probably the tire I'm going to run forever because I've put it through some crazy tough situations where tires should have failed me. I've put it through sharp rocks, through mud holes, through long climbs, loose dirt, wet rock, a little bit of everything. As long as you're committed as the driver, the tire will perform for you. Eight ply sidewalls with a radial nylon belt option or Kevlar. 
Kevlar is a little bit more expensive. I recommend it. It's what I run. Um, but the one inch tread depth is the same on all the vehicles. I uh, highly recommend you guys give them a look. Supergrip ATV on Facebook and Instagram, supergripatv.com. The next sponsor on our list is Dinojet Research. Dinojet is the complimentary to my Supergrip ATV sponsorship because once you go to a bigger tire, once you start changing the rotational mass on your vehicle, you start bogging the machine down. There's a couple things that need to change. Uh, the point of engagement on your belt needs to change so that when you push the pedal, you actually get power right when you push the pedal clutches fix that and also they supply you with a programmer the DinoJet power visions 3 tuner is the tuner that i run on my car a lot of different third parties launch their tunes on those vehicles um, i personally use the DinoJet tune for the stock exhaust stock everything noticed a huge difference in power performance but more than anything uh, i noticed a difference in the shift points and i really really enjoy having the onboard screen right in front of my face seriously it is absolutely awesome to be able to program and be able to see you know top speed that you've reached uh, rpms gear everything that you can that you can want to track on the vehicle it is available for you on this screen i thought about redoing my dash and taking away the generic razor cluster uh, and just running off that DinoJet power vision 3 little handheld unit there it's absolutely awesome not to mention that the stage two kit that i bought actually did come with a clutch kit as well uh, and that clutch kit greatly greatly made up for the deficit that those heavier 30 inch tall tires come with so now with the super grip atv canine tires and the DinoJet stage 2 power package i confidently can go anywhere next on the list is infinite off-road infinite off-road has been with the show for as long as it's been alive infinite off-road offers all listeners of the show 10 percent off with code word rocks r-o-c-k-s at checkout to get your very special 25-year, no questions asked, warranty that even covers accidental damage. Uh, it's really great. Seriously, it's it's really crazy. I've seen cars, you know, the, the light bars, light pods, light whips, wheel rings, uh, rock lights, all that stuff is not just UTV or off-road vehicle only specific. It is actually geared towards um, all vehicles, trucks included. I saw a picture the other day of a Jeep that had been in a wreck. And uh, Mike and his team over at Infinite Off-Road actually warrantied the bar that, was, that, that just got damaged in collateral damage on the road. That was warrantied. Uh, everything, including accidental damage, will get your warranty uh, or will, be, will fall under your warranty. Excuse me. Um, Infinite Off-Road has a quality product at an extremely reasonable price. Super glad to have those guys on board. So if you're looking for rock lights, light bars, light pods, or whips, InfiniteOffRoad.com code word rocks r-o-c-k-s at checkout last but not least all i'm sorry not last but not least all things utv has been with the show for almost as long as infinite off-road but all things utv pretty much covers a lot of the deficit whether it's seats whether it's tender spring upgrades inner fender liners that replace your crappy rubber guards man i, I really just cannot begin to tell you the horror stories that you see on social media about sticks and debris coming through the floorboard. I personally have a, a quarter inch, uh, I'm sorry, a three eighths inch skid plate on my car right now. So the whole belly is protected, but all things UTV makes inner fender liners, which are basically just a metal sheet that covers the part where it's right in front of your feet and the, and the actual foot, foot floorboard right in front of your feet. And what it does is it creates a durable area where steel uh, is going to protect the rider of your vehicle and it's going to protect you as well. That recently, they just came out with the Kawasaki KRX and the Razor Pro XP uh, inner fender liners as well as uh, tender springs for both of those machines. So I highly recommend you guys give them a shout. All things UTV on Facebook and Instagram, allthingsutv.com. Last but not least, here we go. Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Yes, Diddy's Big Block. I want to highlight their suspension services. They do shock tuning, not only on full-size buggies, Jeeps, trucks, all that kind of thing, but 
Also, they're starting to do UTVs. That's why I wanted to partner with them because I know they're local. They're, they're, they're a couple hours away from me, but they're more local than anybody else. Um, he does excellent, excellent work. His name is Chris, uh, the gentleman that owns Diddy's Big Blog. He does excellent work with the big buggies. He's just breaking into the UTV scene. His prices are very, very reasonable, especially compared to some of the other dealers. Uh, and, and what's going to happen is he's going to blow up. So I got Chris in. Uh, he's a sponsor of the show, and he does amazing things with shocks from my own perspective. Uh, he went out and trained out with Shock Jesus out in college, or, uh, Arizona, Montana. It's one of those. And uh, he's he's been trained by the best. So uh, Chris at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop offers his suspension services, including shock tuning with on-site sessions available, shock revalving, where you send in your shocks and they valve to your application and specifications, shock rebuilding and full repair, shock packages right out of the gate, and coilover springs. So pretty much everything you need done can be done in-house at Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. Okay, paid the bills. 